Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this Sunday morning via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And uh, Mike, we are less than a day away from the debut of Bo Horvat as a New York Islander, although we got some glimpses uh, of him in the uniform at the All-Star Game this weekend. We're going to talk a lot about All-Star Weekend uh, in the second half, but I want to pick up where the uh, guy who was the subject of our last very special episode uh, with a week of no games and lots of noise and one All-Star weekend, uh, how are you feeling now about the Bo Horvat acquisition? Has your uh, thought process changed, or are you still super jazzed about uh, what uh, the next 30 games might hold? Well, Dan, um, did you hear that uh, Bo Horvat shaved his, he shaved his beard before he, he flew, flew to Philadelphia to meet up with the Islanders? Surely that must have been his decision and not uh, some sort of rule uh, per the team. But uh, I did hear about this. Yes. Well, did you hear about it over and over and over again? <laughs> <laughs> I think I probably tapped out after a couple of, but yeah. yeah. Well, cause you heard, I heard about it before and then I heard about it after. Right. And, I, and I really wonder, you know, if, if uh, did he even have how, a beard? Did he, did, I, I, he I, every day I don't life? think so. <laughs> it just, you know, you have to, be, if, if you're the first one on Twitter to make that joke, you, you right. get all the clout. So good. Yeah, congratulations yeah. to whoever was whoever was first on, on Bo Horvat <laughs> whether or not honestly one of the funny things about him and I was thinking about this the whole week as I've seen more and more of him mm-hmm. I really didn't know what he looked like yeah not me uh, either yeah <laughs> as, a, as a player like in my, uh, you know we don't, we don't watch all that much Canucks uh, mm-hmm. on the sh- show uh, that, and I 
pay attention to them because you're forced to pay attention to them both because <laughs> of the over-indexing of coverage that they've gotten right. and the over-indexing on insanity that they run their uh, hockey club with. Right. But uh, yeah, I didn't ever, he never really occurred to me as an Islander. Uh, and I know people threw his name out starting this season, but he was more of the kind of tongue-in-cheek one mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, when people would say, uh, oh, the Islanders are playing the Canucks or, or Bo Horvat scored tonight and mm. future, future Islander Bo Horvat, you know, hat or whatever and make those jokes. And so I never really dove into him and he's right. not one such as a uh, Patrick Kane, I guess. Right. Who's, you just know because mm. he's forever and because Horvat's had a, uh, you know, solid career that's exploded this year. So I never knew really what he looked like. And this, and I kind of still don't, cause he's not, <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't, I I'd say he just looks like a, you know, Canadian hockey player. Mm. Um, anything there's, there's very little distinct about him. Uh, he didn't have a huge beard. So that was the, the right. part about this whole, it's, it's not as if Brent Burns got traded to the Island. <laughs> uh, you know, that would be a different kind of right. circus in itself. Uh, but that's not knocking him, nor am I feeling differently about my excitement about the the rest of mm. the season, uh, which can all end tomorrow if they lose, uh, <laughs> which is why I'm kind of a little sad this break is ending. Yeah. Corvette was saying he's he's happy the All-Star game's over. I'm happy the All-Star weekend is over for sure right. uh, for different reasons. <laughs> but I'm I'm not I don't I want to say I'm thrilled that the Islanders are playing tomorrow. Um, I kind of like the idea of of hope before it either gets crushed or becomes even more intense. So mm. um excited, scared mm. uh for the Bo Horvat era. Uh maybe soon I'll I'll kind of figure out what he looks like. <laughs> maybe, maybe by uh the fact that he's wearing number 14 too doesn't help because right. it's just uh, such a uh you know, it's a very common number for Islanders. Yeah. yeah. Uh uh soon you'd expect that chris campoli he'd have to call chris campoli to, for for uh, a little bit of permission and thomas hickey but and william defour of course too right uh, oh, I, wonder yeah. if, I wonder if defour was his first call hey man i'm thinking about <laughs> taking 14 do you mind uh oh we'll, we'll see if uh defour is how long he's he is yeah. here <laughs> before worrying about that but uh yeah, yeah I, I i i i think too the other one one thing i've kind of felt this week as so much attention was paid to the trade because of the yeah. unique circumstances of Horvat being at the all-star game and all every, every member of the Canadian media mining mm. and, and hockey media reminding us hour by the hour that they are also on scene in sunny <laughs> sunrise, Florida. Yeah. Um, that I, I feel like the it's, it's kind of the, the narrative around the trade has kind of shifted a little bit from, oh, I didn't know two teams could lose a trade to, this is pretty cool that the Islanders, you know, took this gamble, mm-hmm. uh, or or they take, or at least maybe not pretty cool, but the Islanders are taking a big gamble, and and it's shifted towards, will it pay off, or are they just going down swinging? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the right way to look at it. There still are the people out there who are treating this like the Islanders acquired 
Travis Ajak uh, for for first <laughs> uh, prospect and Beauvillier and not Bo Horvat, who was a you know top ten pick, scoring thirty goals last year on his way to a fifty goal pace this season. Um, so there there is still that out there, but for for I think the most part and, and the most reasonable part, the shock of the trade is uh, worn off a little bit, and people are now set up for the the theme of the second the unofficial second half, which is. Mm. Uh, Lou has just rolled the dice and we're if they're bouncing on the, the craps table and we're all standing around the table uh, <laughs> rooting it to land on, you know, w- whatever to land on seven or, or not land on seven, I guess. Right. And, uh, land on 14, and, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we're all, we're all uh, sitting there cheering them on and uh, everybody else obviously is the media is on, is there too. So this table is a huge table and mm. Lou rolls the dice We're we're cheering on, you know, an 11 or something. And, uh, the media is shooting, choose rooting on for a seven. Yeah. And, uh, they want us to crap out. We don't want to crap out. Uh, and yeah. And then that's, that's kind of how I'm looking at the rest of the season. So yeah. it's exciting. Craps is fun. Uh, <laughs> Well, the, the thing is, uh, it occurred to me that this 30-game stretch, and I, I do appreciate this being like a nice round number, is really the make-or-break portion of the season. Like, so far, it's been fairly disappointing. But as we talked about in our, not last episode, but the episode before, like, they finished two points out of the playoffs at the All-Star break. Like, that's not the worst position to be in. Obviously, the games in hand don't favor the Islanders. But... This is where we're going to remember this season. This is the part that we're going to remember. We're going to say, you know, we'll look back in 10 years and be like, yeah, you know, they they went out, they traded for Horvat. They were only a couple points out of the playoffs of the All-Star break. And then they insert whatever happens here. They either, man, they, they went on a crazy tear and made the playoffs and did whatever, whatever there. Or they just fell apart and that was the end of that <laughs> basically uh with with Horvat or you know whatever uh the thing about before i get to the thing that really kind of got stuck with me all, all week when you mentioned the media and that's obviously one of our favorite topics to bring up i was a little dismayed at the amount of time spent discussing well you know they could always just flip him again for something else get that first round pick back and i was like yeah i guess um you know, certainly, you know, you know, would say anything can happen, I guess. But like, yeah, I don't get the sense that that's what they kind of want to do here. And I don't get the sense that, you know, Horvat was ready to sign with the Canucks, the Canucks who have had the, the most circus dumpster fire season of, you know, the of any team in the league this year. The Canucks have been that team. And this guy was ready to sign on. He was the captain. He was a proud Canuck. He had his friends there. He wanted to be there in Vancouver despite the 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 endless daily stupidity and drama coming out of that franchise, he was ready to sign up for that. And so I don't get the sense that Bo Horvat is the kind of guy who's like ready to go to UFA and, you know, have a, have all the people come to him and, and gift him tribute to kind of sway him, you know, with uh, video packages about his number getting retired to come play for them. That's not the sense I'm getting from where I'm sitting in my house. But uh, I did find it funny. Even Islanders, you know, people were like leaned very hard into the, well, you know, they could just trade them again and get those picks back. And I'm like, guys, I don't, I don't think, yeah, sure. Obviously that could happen, but I don't think that's the plan here. I think they want to sign this dude and like make him a core member of the team, uh, you know, going forward. So I was a little, yeah, that's, that part that's what you, me that, that's what you do, right? You, yeah. You, Cause it always works out that way. As we mm. learned with, with Thomas Vanek, 
You right, can, yeah, look, exactly. You, worst comes to worst, you can acquire a blue chip prospect like Sebastian Kohlberg. And uh, next thing you know, your, your franchise is uh, off and running. Um, but like even Vanek was here for like five, four or five months right. before that happened. Like just, the, you know. uh, the, the way that, that I look at that is if another team on the bubble, say the Buffalo Sabres. Right. Or Pittsburgh uh, was my go-to. The for this. Penguins. Yeah. So yeah, the Flames right. acquired Bo Horvat. They'd be right. None of that talk. No, no. <laughs> what a gamble! Oh this man, is, yeah. yeah. The, the, they are they're patting the guys on the back in that room and saying we're we we got this guy in. We're going for broke, even if he doesn't extend here. What a move! Right, but man, those these Sabers, they just they yeah. really they're so nice to have them wow. be good in the league again. Or the Brad Living is at the end of his contract and he's going out swinging. Yes, you know. <laughs> another another big ticket move by Brad Tree Living. This twenty twenty two twenty three has been the year right. of Tree Living, and and then of course it was the Penguins. Sure, Berkey, Berkey right. sitting at the the craps table, take, taking another gamble. Like gotta gotta uh, commend him for that. And right. this was a conversation I had actually uh, with a couple people yesterday. One of whom isn't really a hockey fan. He was just asking about the trade, and I said, "What are the funny things about?" what's happening with the way sports is covered in, in, in sports media and the echo chamber here, not just in hockey, but all over is when teams make decisions where they try not to lose, they are pummeled, right. whether it's a punt on the 40 yard line <laughs> or, you know, something like that. Did you hear about it for weeks right. on end? It feels like it's, it, I, you know, I don't watch the NFL anymore. And, and the only way I follow what's going on in the NFL is I just see people complaining about mm. punts, bad right. punts and bad officiating and, and uh and you know challenges this right? is also why i don't watch baseball anymore because every <laughs> every game has to have 12 relief pitchers come out you know to try and massage some guy to get an out dude you're a pitcher get the guy out that's your job <laughs> but i i totally agree with what you're saying so continue. yeah like it's it's like this message that's being massaged is if you're not trying to win what what's the point you know this right. point of sports is to win yet the islanders made a move that is objectively right. taking a gamble to try and win. And everyone's saying, why aren't the Islanders trying to lose? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I, 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 you, you, you make, if a, if a coach doesn't pull the goalie with six minutes left, mm. oh, good job losing, you know, six one instead of, you know, or avoiding losing six one instead of four one. Why didn't you pull your goalie with six? Get with the times. But here the Islanders are. They're pulling the goalie with you know two minutes left, down one basically, mm. uh, and they're getting. Like I said, I think I think that the tone has shifted a little yeah. bit as people have kind of learned to live with it. Mm. Uh, that you can't you can't go back. It's it almost feels a little bit like when Barry Trotz was fired, and you go through the five stages of <laughs> of sports grief and. Uh, here, here we are. We're going through a little bit. I mean, what should not be a a, a, a gr- grief is not the right word here. This is yeah. a difference. But you're going through stages here, and and now it's you know, people have gone through the acceptance part, and they they they've moved on to the okay, like, let's do it. But there still is a a bunch of media people out there that are yeah. stuck in whatever stage one is, uh, even though they're not attached to this team, and <laughs> right. they're mad. I think, and and I think you might have mentioned on the last show, like. I think they're just probably mad that the Islanders made this trade and, and not a, a more interesting team mm. to them, like the Carolina Hurricanes. So right. 
or the team uh, they cover, you know, right. something like that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I should say too, and you bring up a good point. Like a lot of that's coming from people outside the Islanders bubble, media people outside the Islanders bubble. From what I can gather, you know, again, following our, we did the show basically right after the trade happened and instead sort of going around, uh, you know, Islanders Twitter and reading uh, the comments over at Lighthouse Hockey, like, I think a lot of people are, are very much in favor of this. Yeah. Obviously a lot of people are, you know, kind of skeptical or, you know, don't, don't see where he fits and that's fine. Like I get that, but lots and lots and lots of people are, uh, who watch the Islanders are very into this. And they're like, for the exact reason, what you just mentioned, which is that like, they're going for it. Like this is, this is a, a risky move, but, but Horvat's a really good player and they're going for it. And they're trying to make this season count, uh, you know, with at the, the deadline, basically for the most part, even though the, the actual deadline is only a month from now. But uh, but you bring up a good point because like there there have been stages of acceptance and and you know yeah grief is not the definitely not the right word <laughs> grieving you know Bo Horvat might be grieving a little for having to leave his friends but again uh, as we'll talk about in the All Stars segment uh you know he seemed to really get uh, to be excited about coming here and meeting with uh, Brock Nelson and Elias Rokin but I, I kind of went through a bunch of stages myself and the fact that there was like the trade and then a ton of no games so just days off had gave me time to think about it and. I had to like sit back after doing the podcast and like confront my own hypocrisy over this whole thing. And this is the exact type of uh, in-depth sports analysis that people come to our show for is when with the host talk about confronting their own hypocrisy <laughs> and mental state uh, following a big trade. But like here I was, you know, for weeks, months, God only knows talking about how the Islanders are stale. They, you know, they, this team has right. been the same for the longest time. In fact, just the day before the trade, again, I was on hockey night, in New York, and the four of us, me, Sean, Christian, Stefan, we we used the word purgatory multiple times to describe the Islanders' situation because they were like limbo is another word we use, and stale is one we've used a lot. Like they were stuck. There was the same roster for a long time. You know, a couple of little changes here in the Romanov, obviously being one, but like that's it. That was the only few changes we were pulling for these rookies to come up to give them something, and then they would end up getting sent back down again. So you know, here I am, bored to tears over this team and wanting some sort of change, and here comes change in the form of literally the biggest fish on the market as you called them last week too and i come on this show and i complain about how i'm not a fan of this trade i don't know where he's gonna go there's too many questions now that's not to say you can't question the trade or have skepticism about it but ultimately i came down to like i had become what i hate most which is the do something no not that guy like i hate that i hate being that guy and it really bothered me all week that I had essentially <laughs> become that guy. I hate that because, yeah, like, it, I mean, once if you if you're the person who can admit it, yeah, I guess that's yeah. that's even more <laughs> impressive than you know than, than anything, right? Like, you, yeah, the I person guess you could step back and, and be like, oh no, I've you know I've I've become that. And I need to stop it. Yeah, so, I just you, know, it, you deserve kudos more than thank uh, you. The, the, the self-flagellation that you you right. took over the oh that's the, what I this week. It's evaluation time soon at my office. And this oh. is that that's the exact word that my boss always uses all the time every year. With it's like, you gotta stop doing this to yourself. Every year, you know, that's my <laughs> boss telling me you you're way too hard on yourself every year at these things. Like, I'm sorry, it's what I do. But uh, but you know, again, like getting back to what I was saying before, like I was reading other other Islanders fans' takes on this, and some people are like, How can people not like this trade? And I was like, Well, I mean, I can come up with a few reasons, but ultimately I come down to, you know, what you talked about last time. We've got to wait and see how it how it works out. Bo Horvat's a really, really good player. I mean, he's gotten in the freaking all-star game, for God's sakes. Like, he's a really good player. And the Islanders just got him. Yeah, okay, fine. Giving up Atu Ratu stinks. Obviously, they gave up a first-round pick. They're not going to have a first-round pick, most likely, for the fourth straight year. That stinks, too. But, like, 
this is a we, we keep talking this is a win now team if you if they drafted some kid you know uh now who's 17 18 years old what how old is he going to be when he plays with Matt Barzell? Like who's, who's signed for the next eight years. Yep. So they have to do this. It's not, it's just, they're just, this is what they have to do. And given those parameters going out and getting Bo Horvat really is probably not a bad idea. <laughs> it's pretty good. Right. And again, he seems like a good dude. He seems like he wants to stay and sign and, and play with these guys. So that was my week was confronting my own hypocrisy <laughs> over <laughs> my reaction to this trade. Uh, and, and now I got to say, I, I'm very, I mean, again, by the time you listen to this, you know, it's Monday morning probably and seven o'clock that night in Philly, the man's yeah. going to be playing for the New York Islanders. So we will find out sooner or later how this all worked out. And then we can kind of look back and be like, yeah, it didn't really work out or oh, holy crap. That really worked out really, really good. <laughs> you never yeah. know. We'll see. The, the, the two, the other thing that I think people are starting to realize, and this all of course comes down to, you know, how impressed he is with the schools and if he's, if he's, if he's nine, <laughs> can they if, show him the schools on Sunday? I don't know. Oh man. He is there. Well, in there is he's, today. Yeah. So. Yeah. He's, he's in Philly practicing. Maybe his family's on long Island. They're, they're taking a look around and, right. you know, seeing, uh, they're on seventh street in garden city, mm. uh, getting, getting a quick look at other, the restaurants and how vibrant the downtown is there for, mm. for all the Islanders. And maybe Dennis Seidenberg is, is walking right. around. Yeah. Right. Like there's, you can, you can almost picture it. You know, when, um, someone pitches in a, in a movie, like they pitch a, an architecture pro- plaza mm. or um, kind of like what, what the Islanders say they're building at right. uh, UBS, like, and they have the little figurines, like the right. little mini miniature thing. I'd, li- I'd like to build that of, uh, of, of what I, in my head looks Garden city seventh street looks like, cause that's, that's where I, you know, the mm. Islanders all live. And you know, I've just put some some different guys and say, oh yeah, look, there's Bruno Gervais walking out of a <laughs> coffee shop, and if you look over to to your right, Kip Miller's down there enjoying a slice of pizza. And, right? Um, <laughs> Is Benoit but, Hogue out there with the yeah, kids? Benoit, <laughs> yeah, Benoit. But uh, yeah, and and because if he does ex- sign that extension, I don't think people are realizing what it does for the team next season as yes. well. Thing which too. is it yeah. gives the Islanders, uh, you'd assume, you know, of course things can change, but a, a, a spine of Barzell, Bo Horvat, Brock Nelson, JG Peugeot, and Casey Sezikis, like I said, things can change. One or two of those guys can move somewhere, whether it be to the wing or whatever, but that that's really impressive. Uh, so the Islanders already had an incredible spine with, Right, Barzell, Nelson, Peugeot, and Sezikis, and then you just put one of the better, uh, you know, number number two, number one, you know, that that kind of area where you're like the fifteenth, the thirty fifth best center in the league, uh, which I think Bar- Barzell and Nelson might also belong to. Uh, you're putting that all on one team. It's it, it's a great foundation with, especially mm-hmm. with the goalie. So, it, I I think taking a step, a lot of people have kind of taken that step back. To, to look at this trade through that kind of lens and like you kind of realize I've been clamoring for something and now they, they've done it and it might not have been the Islanders might not have acquired uh you know in his prime Yamir Yager mm. but they got and in his prime Bo, Bo Horvat and that's about as good as they could do mm. uh and yeah I think uh like you said with the people thinking the Islanders are boring the Islanders to <laughs> To, to, we we've talked we've made fun of that for a, a lot of mm. the past five six years but i think 
the Islanders have definitely been boring the past year yeah. plus going mm-hmm. back to the, basically the opening of UBS arena through last week. Um, there's definitely to us, you know, uh, the, the season's been zany, but right. Uh, it's been zany, but because uh, there's just been stretches of craziness. I mean, the, the followed ro- by lunch. The roster has been boring right. because it hasn't yeah. changed. But like this season, I think has been anything but boring, right? And crazy, like you said. <laughs> but they're still being labeled as this like the right. boring team. I, 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 someone was, yeah, I was having a conversation with someone who I work with about, uh, you know, how do you grow the game uh, and, the, and the myth <laughs> of the casual fan. Yeah, and uh, he was complaining about Lou, mm. and he's like, such a Lou move. And I was, and I was saying that everyone's been complaining about how the salary cap has killed the trade, has killed trades. There's been no trades. The biggest trade of the year so far had been that San Jose Sharks trading Matt Nieto back to the Avalanche, <laughs> and and all of a sudden here comes Lou and he does this, and everyone's like, oh, so mm. typical of Lou to trade for this guy. How boring, you know. Mm. All of a sudden, like I said. It, it, treating Bo Horvat as if he's almost Travis Ajak. Um, but nobody kind of said it started to come through from the outside a little bit that, right. Oh man, like Lewis out of his mind. This is awesome. Good for him taking a swing. And, but still there's still that contingent labeling the Islanders. Yeah. You know, this is a boring thing. How boring is it that Bo Horvat goes to the Islanders? Like, right. uh, Hopefully he likes playing, you know, mm. for a boring team and just kind of drifting off into obscurity for the rest of his career, stuff like that. But um, rather than focusing on, wow, somebody finally shook up the, the trade market. How exciting! Yeah, like it's it's uh, it is really mm. insane. And and we we had to, you know, I had to explain to him. He was talking about how he likes seeing players like David Pasternak. Um, wear suits and stuff like that and i was and i said well there's one team in the league where they have he was making fun of the lose rules too and 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 i said well there's there's one team in the league where you have to shave like that and there's one team in the league where you kind of have to follow almost like a a set standard i guess i don't know whatever lose rules are and and i said well what isn't the definition of of unique standing out from the crowd and not you know being part of it and he said yeah i guess that's a fair point because the and if you look at it through that way yeah the, the islanders are are the the cool team that isn't oh man mm. game day outfits coming to you live from american airlines arena look what uh look what rupe hints has got on oh <laughs> it looks just like what uh you know kareel caprizev has, has on over there but meanwhile the islanders are coming through with with fresh faces and stuff mm. and uh you know that in a in a funny way by following Lou's boring rules, they've become uh, the unique, yeah, team, the outlier. I, I mean, you started off talking about it. I'm I'm just so sick of the the rules thing. I mean, I can't even. I, do do people not work? Like, do they not work in offices where there are rules? I don't understand. Like, my job, you can't wear shorts. Like, that's you know, we don't have a ton of rules, but like, you can't wear shorts. Okay, so we don't wear shorts. And everybody goes on about their day and they get the job done despite now. Now, obviously, most of the time now we're all working at home. We can wear whatever we want. But like in the office, that's the rule. OK, like I don't know what nobody's ever kicked up a fuss about it. It gets hot. We work in New York City. It gets hot. Nobody cares. It's OK. Like, I just don't understand why this has to be such a huge thing. And like, 
we've heard it equated to like slavery. And it's like, guys, that's that's offensive on many, many levels. <laughs> like, come on. You know, making right. sure that Matt Barzell shaves is really that's not the same thing. You know, also, the Islanders have a roster with two guys that can grow beards. Right. It's Cal Clutterbuck yeah. and Kyle Palmieri. That's it. And they used to have Nick Letty, too. So it was three guys that were capable of growing beards. That's it. Nobody else. I mean, have you ever seen Matt Martin with a beard? No, like he's it that, you know, the, and him and Barzell, the only two guys who can grow their hair anyway. Would you, could you imagine Anders Lee with long hair? He would look like he was wearing a wig. Like it was, what is this, Halloween? Like it's, or I don't know. I'm so over it. I can't yeah. even, but, but it, and in case anybody's wondering where the whole boring thing started from, there's a certain broadcaster, a man who's uh, made his career getting punched in the face, uh, gave his opinion on the Islanders as being boring. Apparently we're all supposed to care about this. I do not. Uh, this man clearly has not watched this team all season long because if they, if you think that this Islanders team is boring, uh, I don't know what to tell you because they, they just give up a lot of goals. And again, as I've said before, the reason people think the Islanders are boring is because when they're playing, when they were playing their best, not this season before under Barry Trotz, they took their other team's best players and neutralized them to the point of ineffectiveness you know if you're a penguins fan and you want to see Sidney crosby do Sidney crosby things and he's playing the islanders and suddenly you know there's five minutes left in the game and he doesn't have a shot on goal you're gonna think that game is pretty boring well that's the that's the game plan that's what they want to do no coach in the world says eh, just let the guy who's got the hall of famer do what he wants and let you know no team wants to do that and again when the islanders were doing their thing how many coaches did we hear say we need to play more like the islanders like that's that's because that's these guys want to win they don't want David Pasternak to posterize them every night in, night out. That's the whole point of the game is to win the game, you know, and sometimes that involves preventing goals too. I just, I can't take, I, I was telling my <laughs> wife this. She was like, <laughs> I was watching the All-Star game. She's like, isn't, isn't it boring to watch a team, to watch a game where you don't really care who the winner is? I'm like, no, it means I can enjoy it because I don't <clears> have to care. And to be honest, so many people outside of the Islanders sphere have made watching hockey so awful and irritating that. I, I don't even almost want to watch some of these games, but because uh, it just makes me think of the voices that are talking all the time and I, that I can't stand. Uh, so being able to just enjoy the game for what it is, is something that I really look forward to. I, I agree with, uh, with, with what you're saying and that it's, it's almost become a thing where yeah. I feel like we've, we've maybe have reached the peak of it. I remember when, when I mean, winning of yeah. course changes everything, but I remember when the Islanders went on there two playoff runs everyone went from of course the the boring stuff and and it became so incessant right that um people started to then want to be contrarian and say no the, you know this kind of this yeah. kind of rules like what they're doing and uh and then of course the pendulum now has swung back the other way hmm. to where we've revisited so maybe we're maybe we're at the <laughs> turning point again now that it's it's gone mainstream with with the uh yeah the voice of reason Paul Paul uh, Bissonette saying that the Islanders are, are are boring. He doesn't want to see them make the playoffs, and right. it's good good bulletin board material. Hopefully, and and yeah. it feels like this week has been full of bulletin board material oh, yeah. for the Islanders Definitely. as well. And um, I think uh, that hopefully helps things a little bit. Uh, mm. And we do see a, a rejuvenated side mm. uh, starting Monday. Yeah, I mean it's easy to call them boring now because they're losing. Like, you know, back when they were winning, you say it and people are like, yeah, well, they win. So what are you going to do now? Yeah. Now you can do it because it's easy. So, But I, I also think that you know, this, this whole week, we'll, I, we'll talk a lot about the All-Star game and whatever yeah. the hell just happened uh, <laughs> in the second half. But a lot of talk 
there's a lot, always a lot of talk about Sidney Crosby. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. He, Sidney Crosby said the NHL should playoff format should be one versus eight and a revolutionary idea from a revolutionary player who, who never thinks he's bigger than the game. But one thing I'm thinking about Sidney Crosby in this conversation, when you brought him up is it's almost as if Sidney Crosby follows Lou Lamarillo's rules. Right. Just on a different team. And he's lauded. He's like, Oh, this guy doesn't get right. caught up in the, the, in social media or, you know, being too big a personality and you just gotta you gotta just give this guy credit because he's one of the best players ever and he never steps out of line he's mm-hmm. i mean what whatever his name is wrote a an, one of the the most bizarre fluff pieces i've ever seen <laughs> i didn't read the whole thing i couldn't get through it i saw bits and clips of it at, at uh at the athletic about crosby and just how he's mm. he might be the first uh play a uh, person ever to be canonized for sainthood while they're still there's their feet are still on on the planet um <laughs> but he, he is he is a lou lamarillo kind of rule follower despite being on right. a different team he sure he he does grow i know he grows a little bit of fuzz here and there uh but uh and he wears a number that's that's too high. Oh, that's what sparked the whole thing too about yeah. Oh yeah, uh, the, the boring Islanders, which what really brought the the kind of masses out above the water was Bo Horvat had the audacity to choose number fourteen, a boring number, mm. um, instead of because he he wore he, he, right. people like he wore such a cool number with the the Canucks for a cool reason, and now he's going to the Islanders and he can't wear it anymore. Oh man, like mm. so, and and Lou's going to make him choose a number bef- below forty. The Islanders are so boring. Mm. Um, so that that's what starts everything. And, and you're just like, what? Like you said, <laughs> what on? Or do these people have jobs or yeah. where they they have to follow like a, a rule that maybe they don't want? Or mm. do they have anything else to do than complain about that? And right. I, I don't know. But there, uh, there was at least one tweet that was like, Bo Horvat wore 53 for this you know, teammate that, that had passed away. But Casey Zizekas is just wearing the number they gave him at training camp. So maybe he'll change it. Uh, Casey Zizekas has been on this team for 10 or 12 or whatever <laughs> it is years. I mean, K- Casey Zizekas might have his number hanging from the rafters one yeah. day. Like They might retire the three of them, 15, 17, 53, in one shot one day. Uh-huh. And frankly, Bo Horvat Frank, seems smart enough to realize that you don't go up to the guy who's been there for 10 years yeah. and ask him to change his number. And he picked another number that, was meaningful to him and again who cares like i just right okay but that's what started this whole conversation yeah. and then led into the the, right. the, the hair the and broadcast the and the yeah. yeah and then yeah and then of course it goes through through its life form which the the, the right. internet is just in the same argument over and over and over again right. with two weeks in between because people's memories are so right. <laughs> and the worst part is that like i mean again bissonette is a clown like we all know that but like when it's Gord Miller asking the questions, who's like a respected guy, obviously he's really, really good at his job. And like, like again, what are we, what are we doing here? Like, is there too much downtime? But you know, is he is he down in Florida for the All Star game? Like, you know, and then you, you got the dorks at the Athletic again, the usual crew, the guys who do this. You know, they they re they reorganize drafts and they you know uh, do another prospect pool evaluation every three weeks because apparently the guys. Uh, outlook for his future has changed uh, in that time period. It's, they're all doing the same stuff and it's the same idiots. And I just, you know, so you got respected people for whatever reason, respected people who I can't stand. And then clowns all saying the same thing because there's nothing else to talk about. 
it, it becomes too much. And I just, you know, th- yeah. this is what made me think about my reaction to it and kind of got told. And, and it's, it's such a simple right. thing. Yeah. The Islanders made a big trade for a big player in a season where they're on the, the brink of the playoff race. Right. How exciting. Let's break down how this could go through in a number of different ways. If if it pays off, here's what it looks like. If it doesn't pay off, if Horvat signs, if he doesn't sign, hmm. Luke, is this Lou Lamarillo's job? Is this how does Lane Lambert? How does this put more pressure on Lane Lambert, who's sure. coaching has been you know up, hasn't really been up to task yet? Now he's got to fit this guy in. Like there were so many different things to do, and it's instead it was womp, womp, yeah. womp, womp, womp. <laughs> number beard yeah. hair yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah, exactly um yeah that's that's the. I, I like I don't know if I if others if this happened in other sports I, um if if like a trade like this went down in other sports if mm. if that the conversation would be about oh man like well it happens with the Yankees like that's the only other team that yeah but even that, even that like it's like wow the Yankees the Yankees are the Yankees so like they yeah. they when they trade if they trade they traded for Anthony Rizzo or whatever like it's like wow like. Right. Here's here's yes, Anthony Rizzo has to shave, but he also is going to play baseball. And here's how <laughs> here's how here's how it's gonna happen. Here's how that matters. Right. Here's what happens to the lineup. Here's what mean like getting a big lefty in at mm. that short porch means. Here's this yeah, right. a, a, a sprinkle all that stuff. A yeah. sprinkle yeah. about his like the wind probability. It's and it's <laughs> yeah, it's not a okay, everybody, let's gather around uh the focus group for who's who's mm. gonna take the beard angle. Uh, okay, mm. that's it's over there, and mm. that's going to be this person at the athletic, and who's going to take yeah. the number angle? Okay, it's, you guys uh, got guy. the prospect pool yeah. yep. being bereft angle on lockdown. Go do your thing. Yeah, who's right. going to? And someone want to take? Who wants to take the the cheap cheap shots at uh, at at Lamarillo about he's you know old and co- yeah. and managing a team that like it's nineteen ninety. Okay, it's oh, already taken. Yeah, yeah it's who, not. Who wants to complain about the fans being mean to them? Oh, Dom. Okay, oh, you got oh, it. Yeah. Go for it. It's <laughs> yours. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, uh, it's it's outrageous but mm. um i tell you what a bo horvat horvat power play goal and an islanders win on monday mm. and maybe even a win on tuesday uh and, and we can start you know <laughs> having a different conversations hopefully yeah. uh than than what, the ones that we've we've, we've had, had to endure over the last week we've had to endure a lot i feel like i've been held hostage as a hockey fan <laughs> uh, for a while yeah, a week of no games will do that to you. Uh, but there was uh, one game to talk about, so we'll take a break uh, right there, the perfect spot, and we'll come back and we'll talk about the NHL's All-Star Weekend of uh, just bizarre, strange uh, choices from lots and lots of different people. And I don't know if any of it paid off. So uh, come back on the other side and we'll uh, start talking about that. Thanks. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And now a word from our sponsors. First, as always, VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, jerseys, and more featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor and the Island merch, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Use the code ANXIETY to save 15% off your order. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All of them are delicious, priced at less than $15 a bottle, and are available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Learn more at ThePinotProject.com. Please drink responsibly. Uh, okay, so it was All-Star Weekend. Uh, the skills competition was Friday. The All-Star game was Saturday afternoon. Um, yeah, I thought the game was what it was. I still enjoy this format. It was a little bit, you know, just as boring as there wasn't a, a ton of crazy stuff. It's a couple of cool goals. It was eventually won by the Atlantic Division uh, over the Central Division. I thought the Atlantic had won once before, but apparently not. So now the Central is the only one that hasn't won anything, which is at the All-Star game, which is kind of funny considering some of the rosters that they've had. Uh, Matthew Kachuk won MVP, hometown guy, was again in Sunrise, Florida, so the Panthers guy won, even though Dylan Larkin had five goals. Uh, That's just kind of how it goes. Again, no big deal. So I thought the game itself was more or less as it always was. Uh, The Islanders uh, didn't do particularly well. Horvat hooked up with Elias Patterson, is now former teammate for a cool goal. But uh, Ilya Sorokin got shelled, and Brock Nelson was fairly invisible. However, Friday's events at the uh, skills competition were a bit different. Nelson won the accuracy shooting competition, which was really cool. It was kind of like the the big final event. He went four for five in the finals against Nazem Kadri. Uh, Connor McDavid looked like he had the whole thing on lockdown. He went four for four in the first round and looked like he was going to win it. And he didn't because he took a second to, you know, hold on to the puck, settle it down. And meanwhile, Kadri knocked down another uh, shot, took it home. He went to the final. But uh, Nelson won, again, four or five shots, very impressive. And uh, it was cool to see. Uh, Bo Horvat, again, was there. He did some of the passing in the first round, didn't participate in any of the events. And then Sorokin uh, and Igor Shesterkin took part in this tendy tandem thing. Uh, They were terrible. The event was terrible. And a lot of the events at the All-Star Skills Competition were, in fact, fairly terrible. Uh, This was a grueling three hours of television. And... I want to say up front, yes, the event is mainly for sponsors and kids. We get that. We've been over this a million times. It's probably much better in, in person. The kids love it. They get the autographs. People are already asking Bo Horvat to sign Islanders gear, which he thought was really cool. The sponsors love it because everything has got is branded by something or other. But you're going to put something on TV that's got to make – you got to make it good TV. Like this, this is not rocket science. You got to give people a reason to watch this. And the NHL failed – miserably for three hours three hours i couldn't believe i saw somebody on twitter it used to be an hour long and then somebody i followed on twitter was like wait this thing is three hours long i was like no and i looked oh my god it was it was awful from the get-go they broke up events so like you know the the accuracy shooting was like one of the first things they did and then it was two hours before the finals or the semifinals in the final what are we doing here they they had the breakaway competition this needs to be killed this thing because these guys have ruined it none of these guys are Everybody all of a sudden thinks that they're Lawrence Olivier staging Macbeth, you know, at the Met. Like, everybody's got this whole elaborate thing. They all suck as actors. They, it's a good thing they're all hockey players. They're good hockey players because they'll suck as actors and writers. And they would have one, and then an hour would go by, and then they have another one, and then, have an, and, you know, 15 minutes go by and another one. 
and they were all terrible. The only cool one was, I guess, Ovechkin and Crosby with Ovechkin's son. It was very cute. Uh, Roberto Luongo was there. God bless him. Um, they had this golf thing, which I thought was probably the most successful, but then you had John Butchagross kind of ruining it. <laughs> all the players are very robotic. Uh, people are asking them, like, the lamest questions. Why are we asking people what their strategy is for the hardest shot competition? Who cares? What am I taking notes? Am I coaching people on this? I don't want to know what this strategy is. Just get it a hard shot. Ask him who has the noodlest arms on his his team. You know, who's the has he ever shot a puck so hard it went out the back of the net? You know, like just ask him goofball questions. Who cares about strategy? Emily Kaplan over the course of two nights, and again, she does a good job on ESPN. Over the course of two nights, she asked. Matthew Kachuk three times what it was like playing with his brother. Hits his brother. <laughs> Who cares? Why are we asking him multiple times the same question worded a different way? Who cares? Then we ask his mom what it's like watching the two of them play. Who cares? Nobody cares about this. It's the All-Star game. Ask them dumb, stupid questions to do it. Only get asked at the All-Star game. Then they had the dunk tank. Uh, they had a knockdown surfboards. A couple of guys got dunked. It was fun seeing Crosby get dunked. They actually saw him smile for once, which was nice. But again, it was done in such a boring way that it just it seemed it just came off as being very just awful and stale stale and I, I was obviously shot before the whole thing and i just and then you talk about uh, you know the article you read nick katsunika who writes for nhl.com this guy carries more water for the nhl than every zamboni in the league combined right everything the <laughs> nhl does is genius to this guy and of course steve mayer is the guy who comes up with these things so the two of them combine in one article it's like what dimension are you guys in that you watch this great event? Cause it wasn't the same one I'm in. I just, it, it was bad. And again, listen, I get it. It's for kids. It's for sponsors. It's fine. But like, you're going to put something on three hours on my TV. You better make it interesting. You know, yeah, the Super Bowl is boring sometimes too, but it's still the Super Bowl. Like I'm still going to remember what happened. This was, this was unbelievable. Like I just, I couldn't believe what I was watching and you know, knowing that somebody is going to say how great it was. What are we talking about? It just, it was bad. Did you even watch it? Like, I know you don't normally yeah. even watch this kind of stuff, but well, I wasn't, I wasn't planning on it, right? Um, really, and then I turned it on because I wanted to a make sure Elias Sorokin didn't get hurt and the the curse of DPH was lifted. <laughs> Thank God everybody made it out alive. Yeah, so that's the important thing too. <laughs> um, so I flipped it on, and then it became, and this is a cliche that people use a lot, and but I can't think of a more appropriate way. It was like watching a car crash where you can't like really look away. Yeah. And and I actually I find Steve Mayer to be a, a really, you know, personable, like charming dude. And and I actually like listening to him on Dirty Two Thoughts, because I think in a, in in the NHL, um, he kind of stands out in the right way, which is at least this guy's trying to do <laughs> things like I guess. He's, yeah, he's like and and I think Friedman Elliot Friedman always he's like he's like I, I always give people credit for at least trying things. And if they don't work, they don't work. Um, but I think what, what ended up, what <laughs> a lot of what this, what we watched was just an incredible, perfect storm of you know, swings and misses on, and a terrible broadcast. And it, it turned into perhaps the worst NHL viewing experience I've ever watched, which is saying something. <laughs> And a lot of it had to do with the person calling, you know, being the MC. John Bucci-Gross, there was a great tweet from uh, Bud Lightly Man on Twitter yeah. about the NHL. The ratings came out, I guess, right? Yeah. And uh, 
they're down big from down 22 percent yeah oh boy <laughs> look out everybody um and then you had john bucci gross you know screaming his way through whatever the tendy tandem thing was and the tendy tandem event was an absolute aberration and i think the whole point of the event was just so the nhl could use the word tendy like oh guys look how cool we are right we're gonna call something tendy tandem here in the chill we use yeah yeah that's how we call um and and the the most NHL part of it is that they they took an almost like a, the origin of a decent idea, which is, hey, why don't we have the goalies do right. something? Maybe the goalies can play like a three on five minute three on three or something, <laughs> where the goalies could shoot on Connor. Mc, I don't know. Like, there's something else you can throw mm. Mark Messier in goal and and have you mm. Saros try to score on him. Uh, and they took it and they they watered it down and made sure that it it became lifeless. Yeah. Um. And uh, that's exactly what they accomplished. And the whole the whole thing felt like a corporate picnic <laughs> or a corporate like happy hour. And because right. if you ever work for a big company where they're like, oh, man, like don't miss Thursday night for the totally optional, but also mandatory. And if you're not there, <laughs> we will know happy hour down the block at this bar. Um, right. And the, like when you're young. And you you're like oh this is cool like I'll get to want to meet everybody yeah, yeah right so like like Mitch Marner is the perfect example like he showed <laughs> up with that that and you're like oh my god look at this loser like thinks it's so cool that he's in the All Star game like he he really went out of his way to think that he's like he probably really wanted to be in this this event where he could show his personality and wear right. his Miami Vice outfit and and everyone's gonna think like oh I'm I'm the coolest mm. and then you're like dude it's it's very cringy and yeah you look he looks like you know the this guy. Where girl who's been at the company for six months, first job maybe out of college, and uh, thinks that these are this is how right the, the, this thing goes when everyone's just like I don't everyone looks like Connor McDavid did when they introduced them like I don't want to be here I want to get home and that, like eat dinner and go to sleep it's that Thursday. was my thing the 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 fastest skater opened the thing and they brought all these guys Fiala Larkin Sveshnikov who eventually won every single one of them looked like they were on death row waiting for the firing squad to line up and shoot them guys. It's the all-star game. Like, can we get a smile? Kevin Hayes, you're the Eagles are in the super bowl. Give us a go birds, man. Like do something, anything, please. I'm begging. It's the all-star game. Pretend like you want to be there for a second. God, but that's, that's the corporate picnic, right? Like, or, you know, Oh man, I got to give up my weekend. I already worked for you Monday through Friday. Now I got to give up my weekend to be here. Um, and and I got to participate. And there's a dunk tank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the and, one that really brings it home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, these guys don't look excited except for Marner because he's a huge loser. And uh, it's it's <laughs> you're just and you're you're waiting for something to kind of rescue the night. And and then there's mm. Nelson, and it's you're like this is cool. And um, the whole time, the, the, my favorite part of Nelson winning is that uh, he just looked so unfussed yeah the whole time he just was like knocking the the, the targets off and mm. it was it was almost clear from his first shot he was gonna win <laughs> uh and then of course it gets spoiled by on was i think three separate occasions mm. john bucci gross kevin and kevin weeks trying to shout over each other making the same joke the islanders are boring now like shut up my god well they were still talking about mcdavid after nelson won yeah, oh, no, that, that was, was 
he was watching McDavid as McDavid was losing to Kadri. It's like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, this is like I said, I, 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 I don't want to give them the NHL much credit for this because it was so bad, but I, I, like, okay, they tried things. They didn't work. They failed spectacularly, mm. but just admit it now. Like, yeah. just be like, okay, like we, you know, we got, we got to learn from this and be better. And there's, and there's the fact that going into it for three weeks since ever since the, the rosters were announced, Mm-hmm. On on Sirius XM radio or you know, on Thirty Thoughts or whatever, you'd hear the same line over and over and over again. Like, I know people like to complain about the All Star Game and and you know they go to social media and make fun of it, but you have the option to not watch it, and you have to realize like it's not for you. If that's how you're selling the event to your your <laughs> fan base, right. that you need to come out ahead of it and be like, by the way, you're gonna hate this, but maybe yeah. just turn it off instead of watching it and complaining. Mm. Um, if you're gonna set, that's how you're selling the event. Th- then there's probably a huge problem. And I also agree, another thing, a, a, a point that's always made on Thirty Two Thoughts that I also agree with is like if you're gonna complain about something and not bring a solution, like mm. I don't want to listen to it, which is fine. I don't have the solution for this, so yeah. I'm 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 adding into that and being a little hypocritical. Uh, I really don't know how to make any All Star game better because <laughs> the the as soon as they became about sponsors and yeah. uh, most of them have just, just came, were and have become an absolute train wreck. Mm. Um, but uh, if that's how you're selling it by telling the fa- fan fans who are going to watch it because they're hockey fans. And this is mm. like a, a, a weekend to spe- celebrate hockey, right. not to watch it and just watch something else. It's not for you. It's for, for, it's for the sponsors and for the people there. And what they're really trying to say is please don't complain about this so much that they take it away. And I can't get, <laughs> I can't go to Florida in the middle of the, you know, whatever, and right. having all expenses paid trip to yeah. Miami. Mm. Um, but when they, uh, when, when that's how you're selling it, it's, it's a huge red flag. And, and now we're going to hear this next week that, um, you know, like, uh, the, the stuff on so, so overblown and whatever. Mm. And I actually don't, for the first time, I actually, think that it it wasn't like i don't think mm. people on social media complaining about this thing was like hyperbolic at all it was hard to believe it was i think you said it in a text message to me you, mm. you used the word unspeakably yeah you know, this it was unspeakably bla- bad i tried to ask a couple people if they watched and most people said no of course because it's the nhl mm. and <laughs> I, I, the same thing like how is it and i said i can't even i can't even begin to explain it Right, a cr- cr- cringy, sure, but that doesn't even come close to it. Um, and if uh, if your All Star Game is is used as a as a vehicle to hook in new fans, it, of course it fails spectacularly. But yeah. the NHL's problem, and this is going back to that myth of the casual fan, isn't isn't about casual fans. It's the NHL doesn't it, it can't get new fans because it doesn't know how to serve the people who are already fans. Like yeah. all it does is make them mad. <laughs> with stuff like this so until the nhl can figure out okay how do we right. how do we make these fans like not get pissed off watching our sport mm. they can't attract the the casual fan who's just out there wait standing in the middle of of this hallway waiting to be told what door to walk in should i walk into yeah. the nhl or the nba or whatever um you know because they're all out there for sure nobody nobody ha- already has too much on their plate in terms mm. of sports and stuff um but yeah, until they can figure out how to not piss off mm. us, the actual people who p- spend money to watch and yeah. talk about 
their hockey team uh, for on a weekly basis for an hour. Mm. Uh, how do they get people who don't even know who Connor McDavid is? Yeah. Oh, this is not the event that's going to do that, period. I mean, I don't know how to do that with a regular game, let alone the right. All-Star game. But uh, in the spirit of 32 Thoughts, I'll give you – here's my suggestion for how to do the NHL All-Star skills competition. Again, I think the game itself is okay. I know people complain that it's not real hockey. It shouldn't be because when they tried to do that, it was terrible. So I think the three-on-three tournament thing is the best option you could possibly get for – this uh thing the only thing that might make it better and they took this away when the players complained was to have the teams get drafted if you have four teams four captains you know one for each division or even just you know team crosby team ovechkin whatever and then they can pick the other guys on their teams that would probably make it more exciting but again nobody wants to get picked last they had to give a guy a car one time like phil kessel looked like you know, he was very upset by it or whatever. Somebody was really upset by it. Maybe it wasn't Phil Kessel. I don't know. But like, you know, that one time Ovechkin was clearly drunk in the green room. That's like the best all-star moment of in the last few years. Like, do that. So combine two of those ideas. I think they would do that. Also, if you're going to do the the one thing in the arena, just stick to the basic ones. Fastest skater, hardest shot, the accuracy shooting. Uh, and then if you want to do a goaltender thing, just have one on each end of the ice and have it shoot the puck. And whoever gets the most pucks into the net wins. That's it. If you want to do you know events where you need a goalie, bring in some college goalies. The fact that Luongo was there was great. Like just have, have guys, local legends come out and do it because this way my guys does, doesn't have to get hurt. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure Rangers fans and Predators fans. Can you imagine a Predators fan probably sweating out? Oh my God. You know, they're in the same boat. The Islanders are in like, they're just barely outside of the playoffs right now. And if you see Soros goes down, they're screwed. Their season is over. <laughs> like, so, you know, that was not fun for that. Yeah. Okay, great. He won. And Connor Hellebuck too. Like they won the 10 D tandem. Okay, great. So now, you know, Predators fans and Jets fans can breathe a sigh of relief that their goalie made it out alive without getting hurt, you know, so, but just have them on the opposite NCI shooting pucks. Whoever gets the most in wins. That's it. Congratulations. You won. Like it doesn't need to. And the whole thing can be done in an hour. Like, and it's done, but, but for have fun with it. Like I just, it fun doesn't need to be like elaborate dunk tanks surfboards like local this is the exact same thing that ha- happens with like the the i wrote about with the fisherman jersey the, the the first time around like there's civic pride and there's sports pride and they're not the same thing like having a dunk tank and surfboards yes it's very florida doing a miami vice bit yes fine it's very has mitch marner ever even seen an episode of miami vice does it play anywhere in canada is it on crave or one of these other weird channels that they have out there like i don't think so and that has nothing to do with anything. It's not helping anybody. Like nobody who's from Florida is like, oh, they're doing a Miami Vice. They're sick of that crap. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, they, they're probably, they probably don't finish surfing years ago. So I would just stick to those basics, get the thing done in an hour, let the guys go, you know, have it during the day. And then let, cause the other problem, apparently Friedman, I think talked about this was like the players don't want to go because they, that means less having, having less time with their families. So like while Nelson and Sorokin and now Horvat are in Florida, Ryan Pollock is in St. Bart's with his wife or girlfriend or whoever she is. Like he's having a great time. God only knows where Barzell is at, right? Like these guys are all having a great time doing whatever they want. They don't have to show up at in a rink, you know, one o'clock in the morning afternoon to play, you know, a game or something. like that. So, and then give them time, have that on a Friday, let them all have Saturday to enjoy themselves with their family, have the game on a Sunday, give everybody off until Wednesday and then just go there, you know? And I think that's probably the best case scenario and keep it again with the basic stuff. 
because I think people want to see those. But then the other thing too, and, and not to start off on a whole other rant, but like the, everything the NHL does has to be tied to some sort of historic event. Why do we keep seeing Mark Messier winning the hardest shot competition in 1992? How is that relevant to today? It's not. I don't care. <laughs> like nobody cares. It's got nothing to do with anything. So stop showing us that. Why does every NHL event have to be some kind of historic moment tied to the greats of the game? It doesn't doesn't need to be. Just celebrate these guys. I just, I don't know. I, yeah. Again, all star games are they exist to just make people mad and sell sponsors. I guess so. I'm not gonna get you know. It sounds like I'm very mad about it. I'm really not. I just as a TV viewer, I hate having my time wasted. Like I couldn't. Yeah. And that that's where I get mad. Like as a hockey fan, the All Star Game is what it is. But like as a TV viewer, I've given you my. If I wanted to watch something that is boring and lame for three hours, I would watch WWE raw. Like I just, and I don't. So for that exact reason, and now I got sucked into doing it on a Friday night, the NHL all-star skills competition. And it really bothers me. Yeah. But I, I know I'd I'd say you, you have every, every right this time to really just to be man, not even just as a TV viewer, but just, (laughs) just just generally. Yeah. Like I think generally you do, uh, because it just, it just became such a chore and, and it yes. really it really kind of became a, a good representation for you know, where where the sport is slowly heading and just like the, the way it's being led and sold and mm. the decisions that make get made about everything from cultural issues to content that's put out by whether it's the NHL and, and I love that you know people at, at, at the athletic are like harping on Gary Bettman because this is his 30th anniversary oh, yeah. or something and and we had to endure two columns from from people at the athletic about uh you know holding Bettman to task and a lot of it was just about his inability to kind of grow the game and 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 neither looked in the mirror and were like oh maybe like what what we put out is is part of the problem because it's <laughs> the same thing over and over again and it's it's basically a if you don't watch the NHL and root root for the the NHL the way I do, then you don't, you're not allowed at our cute little club here where you have to pay four ninety nine a month to, to belong with your membership. Like, uh, no, you guys are also, you know, that's part of the problem here. Uh, but, uh, I do think that hockey fans just generally had, had a, had a real gripe deservingly deserving or deserving to be mad because, uh, it, it brought forth like, everything that's kind of wrong in in a three-hour event on a friday night mm. where there's no other sports on by the way <laughs> right on espn the biggest sports cable channel in the world um everything kind of came to the surface that's wrong whether it's the broadcast the people that are calling the game like i mean come on with chelios and messier oh my God. and steve levy <laughs> like you even even like kevin weeks to me I, I really enjoyed Kevin Weeks' shtick, yeah. and, and the more and more he's on these broadcasts, the less and less I start to like, because he's like, he's like <laughs> screaming, screaming in, in uh, people's face. He's like, I'm with Robo. Mm. That's Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars, California bred. <laughs> what? Uh, who are you? Like, do you think? And then he asked him. He's like, "What's your what's your strategy for yeah. for this study?" And he's like, "I got to you know just try to try my best, put the puck in the net. Hopefully it works." And then <laughs> and then like he's he's like skating down. He's like, "Those are big words." He guaranteed us a goal. Let's see if he does it. And then he does his score. Like, oh, mm. California kid comes up short. 
Oh my god, just this isn't it's not this isn't uh you know like Nick what's the the game show on Nickelodeon with Summer Sanders? Oh uh oh it was double dare or uh yeah like a double dare kind yeah. of show where like it's it's not that right it's not yeah. guts or or whatever right. this is the nhl and, <laughs> and and look i loved watching guts but i was also 13 mm. and yeah. and if i watch it now it would be for nostalgia and i would still mm. love to hear michael malley say the same catchphrases that kevin weeks just screamed <laughs> in jason robertson's <laughs> ear um but uh yeah like it's just it became so yeah. uh outrageous I- and I, I think I thought like if the if the FBI showed up and just arrested everybody involved with that <laughs> on that broadcast, I would have been like, wow, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Like, like oh, please, at least throw the book at these guys. At least it would have been something different, right? Like, yeah. just to to bring up wrestling again. Like, as I've gotten back into it, I've come to appreciate the improv skills of these folks, particularly like the ones in AEW. Like, they they they're not they aren't given scripts. Like, they kind of talk over. Uh, an outline for where they want to get to with a promo or, or a match. And they just go. And like a lot of times it's, it's totally fine. Uh, None of anybody that has, that was involved in the NHL all-star weekend has an ounce of improv skills at all. And I can't blame them for that. They're athletes, they're broadcasters. It's not what they do. It's fine. You don't have to be, you know, Christopher guest or something like that to, to be uh, those things, but it would, it would have helped a little bit. Like by the third time, of asking the guy what his strategy was at the fastest skater competition. I was like, I don't, I don't care about this. Who cares? Like just skate fast. That's the strategy, you know, just <laughs> to ask you who the slowest guy on your team is, you know, who, who would win in a race between Dylan Larkin and a gazelle? Like, I don't know, just asking some strange, you know, if you, if you could, you know, race some, uh, some, uh, player in NHL history, who would it be? You know, like somebody, anything that's different. Like we hear these questions all the time. Just uh, try and something. To, and so, I don't know. But then the different went, stuff they try is insane and stupid. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 it is a, that, that whole, if you're going to complain, offer a solution kind of situation. Right. Cause like, or if you're going to be mad that they, they're boring and then they try something new and it stinks, <laughs> you know, whatever. But, right. um, it, I, I keep thinking about more and more how you and I, not saying that the all-star game was better when it was mm-hmm. on NBC or OLN, but we, we complained so much about the NBC broadcast and we were so excited mm-hmm. that maybe there'd be some new life in, into these broadcasts with the move to ESPN and TNT and man, am I clamoring for the days of Liam McHugh and Jonesy and, <laughs> and Jeremy Roenick, even like just right. in, the, in the booth being like, all right, like at least they're, at least they're not shouting, you know, Michael Malleisms in my ear. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's just Liam McHugh talking about Sidney Crosby over and over again. And, 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 and one, one last point about yeah. Sid before I move on. Um, a, a, a bit of oxygen was also you way too much oxygen was used on Crosby and Ovechkin being yeah. together and uh, it was cute or whatever. But um, the, the buildup to it was, it was almost as if people were going to like light candles in the, in the audience and the mm-hmm. lights were going to come low and people were going to, look around at their kids and be like yeah remember where you're sitting right now because this is this is a moment like when we landed on the moon or jfk <laughs> got shot or something you're gonna be telling your grandkids you remember where you were when Sidney crosby and alex ovechkin skated down the rink together with alex ovechkin's little kid uh yeah. you know pay homage pay homage pay your right. respects everybody please this is a solemn moment for everybody involved uh and I I was just creeped out by the whole uh, yeah. that whole build up to it more than anything. And, it was uh, yeah, it's it, it the the weekend 
became about part of it became about Sidney Crosby and and his him coming out of his shell. Mm. And I think the only words I heard him say were, you know, he's hey, we got to get Sergey out here, and then complain about the playoff formatting. Which <laughs> and and that, that was it. Like yes, that's oh, he's that's Sid Sid. It's a new Sidney Crosby, don't you think? Like no, that's the same same Sidney Crosby. I know yeah. the only the only thing that's missing here is a two two a goal and two assists night against Kevin Poulin and the Islanders. Right. <laughs> um. To to just wrap it up, uh, I'm glad you brought it up because. At one point, I forget who it was, but uh, they equated Crosby and Ovechkin scoring in the three-on-three All-Star game, and a pretty they scored a couple of pretty goals. Look at that! But like it was a three-on-three, it was the All-Star game. They equated that to Gretzky and Lemieux in the Canada Cup, nineteen eighty-five <laughs> or eighty-six or whatever it was. And I'm like, right now there are Canadians who are just like. The, the the light is coming down and the, the hallelujah chorus is singing because their <laughs> entire life has finally come full circle. Two events that only they care about and these guys that only they care about having these, you know, kind of this kind of like synergistic moment, whereas the rest of us are like, dude, I'm just not a kid. And, just- and, and this might be a Mandela affecting and, and for, once again, I don't know if I'm using it the right way. So I'm maybe Mandela <laughs> affecting myself. Right. Haven't we seen this before? Like, haven't we seen Crosby and Ovechkin on the all-star, same all-star team together? Well, that's the thing is... Year um, after year, why was everyone treating this like these two guys have never met? Well, you'd be surprised that... Because uh, I thought that too, but you'd be surprised because Crosby would would back out of a lot. Like, he was hurt and stuff like that. Ovechkin always was there. Like, I've, Ovechkin, I think, has rarely ever missed uh, an all-star game at all. But, like, I know there was a lot of time... There was a lot of time spent complaining that Crosby wasn't going to be there or like he didn't want to, he was hurt or he wasn't, you know, we backed out one year, I think, or he something like that. He didn't like want that. to seem bigger than, right. than the oh, game. And, so he's, he's like, actually, Jake Gensel go instead. Yeah. But then actually, now that I think about it, didn't Ovechkin back out one time and they created that rule that like, if you miss it, you got to like not play oh, your yeah. team's next yeah, game. I think that was an Ovechkin that, yeah. thing too. So, so to answer your question, I guess not like it just over the course, it seems like it cause they've been around forever, but I guess not. They just, would you know didn't really quite you know on the same and then definitely on the same line they wouldn't have played but uh yeah i guess not so um it, i mean whatever it was way too many things by far talk you know too much talk of this whole thing yeah and again it felt I, it felt very much like a uh you know one of those high school i don't know if people's have people listening have these high school like events where the for in the one in my town, it was the girls in the grade. Like they got split into two teams, red versus blue. Right. And it would be like a gymnastics competition and like a basketball mm. game. And then like a talent <laughs> show and like a skit. And, right. and that's what it felt like. It felt like the whole thing felt like one of those felt uh, like a high school talent show level where something mm. in the moment, you're like, Oh, this is so cool. Look at my friends. And if you're there, I guess. And then 20 years later, you're like, Jesus, like, look at, that me <laughs> lip syncing Jessica Simpson or something, and yeah, uh, the it just felt very high school. It, the NHL All Star Game belonged on like a, in in a high school auditorium on on a stage <laughs> this year. Uh, is yeah, how I'd put it. And uh, and again, if they were trying to use this to sell the game, that was they failed big yeah. time. Uh, so real quick, um, let's get back to the Islanders real quick. So, but again, this is going to air on going to release on Monday the sixth. They have a game in Philly that night at seven o'clock for Horvat's debut. Uh, they are then home for Seattle at seven thirty on the seventh, the next day. So right off the gate, right out of the gate, back to back. 
Then the ninth versus Vancouver. So yeah. prepare yourselves for the, another throng of media descending. Oh, actually, that's another thing real quick. Uh, I am interested to see how Horvat does without the Vancouver media people constantly crawling up his ass. Like, I really feel like he's in for a shock when, you know, he goes from having a dozen people at, after him after every game. He's the captain. The Canucks are the biggest game in town. All due respect to the Vancouver Whitecaps and the uh, BC Lions, but the Canucks kind of rule over the place over there. Um, how he's going to go from having like a dozen people at his locker stall after every game to having four, uh, five if Neil Best is on the case that week, you know, and it's going to be really interesting because uh, after that game against the Canucks on the ninth, that's it. I mean, they play the Canadians on Saturday. Uh, it's a matinee game. Uh, so maybe there'll be some few people there, but you know, follow the next week, the next game after that is the 14th, Tuesday, the 14th against Ottawa. And uh, yeah, there's going to be nobody, nobody covered. Nobody's going to ask me questions after that. And, They'll be like, boy, this is kind of weird. You could just leave after the game. That's crazy. It, it uh, goes back to that uh, famous when, when Ryan Smith came. And right. there's that video of Mike Sillinger, Jason Blake, and, <laughs> and greeting Smith walking down the the tunnel into the yeah. Islanders locker room, which imagine Smith's bewilderment <laughs> when he saw this is the this is the home locker room. Yeah, of, yeah exactly. Yeah, uh, and, and Sillinger's just like, yeah, he's like, yes. uh, man, this is a lot of media. We usually don't get any media around here. But uh, right. And, uh, that's that's what it's going to be like for Horvat for a couple Definitely. days. So he, he, so it'll be fun to see him adjust to that. But uh, yeah, so Flyers cracking Thursday is uh, Vancouver, and then Saturday matinee is uh, Canadian. So uh, be ready for that. Um, yeah, so we'll see, and you know we'll we'll come back next week. And the the reality is the Islanders can't lose a game. Like I hate to put it <laughs> that bluntly, but don't lose any games. And you know we'll see how it shakes out. Thirty games left. It's not a yep. lot. So. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. New Weird Islanders also comes out on the 10th. So between the Canucks game and the Canadians game, the Canadians game is on the 11th, February 11th. Kind of a big deal for Islanders fans. If you know, you know. And this week's uh, Weird Islanders will indeed address a particular game that happened on a February 11th many years ago. Uh, last one did too, but this one uh, as well. So take a look for that. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just this, this, like you said, they, the Islanders, this week is huge and it's going right. to feel weird to get into like back into season mode after such a nice break. But uh, yeah, you're talking a very winnable game on Monday. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. I think the Seattle game is, is the trickiest one of the bunch. Uh, but yeah, they're good home. this year. So yeah, uh, it's, yeah, but it's at home. Like you, you gotta just, you gotta win games like this if you're going to get into the break and then, yeah. but the schedule, this is as light uh kind of stretch for the Islanders as they've had in a long time with, Philly, I mean, and this is going back, including, you know, Ottawa, Detroit, Vegas at home. And then you got Philly, Seattle tough, like I said, but then Vancouver, Montreal, and Ottawa, like they just, yeah, they can't really drop points because the, the, after this, after this little soft part of the schedule, right. Pittsburgh, Boston, back to back, then Pittsburgh again. So yeah, it's, yeah. that's, that's basically a playoff weekend. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, those games against the Penguins uh, are uh, definitely a big deal, and uh, you know we'll, we will cover those next week. Uh, yeah, they got um, yeah Pittsburgh, Boston, then Pittsburgh. Yeah, so yeah, that's why. Yeah, and a game against Ottawa before that, which you better win. You lost yeah. the last time against. Oh, come on, don't lose twice to the Senators for God's sakes. Good break. Give, at least give us the dignity of of that <laughs> a little bit. But you know, uh, within you know here we've been talking forever about what are the Islanders going to do. How is the season going to shake out? What is now? What does the Horvat edition mean? We will know in short order 
the answers to all of those questions. Because <laughs> if they come out of these next two weeks without a significant amount of wins, uh, it's uh, it's not going to really matter. Unless somebody, unless the teams ahead of them start just go through their own eight game losing streaks, uh, we will know the answers to those. It probably won't be pretty. But if they win them all or win most of them, you know they're going to keep it, keep their heads above water. We'll see what happens. Uh, okay, um, so we lighthouse hockey every single day. For most up to date Islanders news and discussion, again, no news as uh, as far as uh, uh, that SB Nation Vox situation goes. But uh, once we know something, we'll let you know. Uh, make sure to make sure to subscribe to us. Make sure to tell everybody you can about us. Make sure to let us know what you want to see uh, going forward. But uh, spread the word. Get people listening to Islanders anxiety, and uh, we're not going anywhere. So don't worry about it. Uh, Michael Leboff, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Read his work at Action Network. Uh, and uh, check out Weird Islanders, the podcast, coming up on Friday the 10th. Thanks a lot for listening, and we will talk to you again next week. All right, take care. Bye-bye.